2: All the golden stuff that was in the first recordings now, now now gone, sadly.
3: Uh, Oh, boo-hoo. You know, Greg, I'm really, you know, being on all the time, you know, like, it's like, why does she yell all the time? And it's like, because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to yell and make a big deal about things because it sounds good in recordings. Because you know why? Because they love women who lose their shit. That's why. That's why. That's where, why I do what I do. Where Where is this coming from? Because I'm on. I'm always on, just like the Hulk. That's the secret to it.
2: I, you're right. I mean, I, I know the uh, you that's not on. Like, I do. So that, that makes sense. That, that does make sense. And, like, you – I would say you know the me that's not on, but I don't – We've talked about this before. Like, I'm just the same guy. Like, I'm never different. Yeah. So – Unless levels, there, there's vulnerability, levels. there's vulnerability out there, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. So,
3: nah, nah, right, well, you know, anyway. let's go ahead. We can go ahead and, and do the damn thing. I'm on, I don't get on, I stay on.
1: I don't Boom. get
2: hype, I stay hype.
3: I well, I didn't want to copy that. I was trying to do something different. I mean, that was actually good to his credit. He did like, it, was it, was good. Fun. It was good now, no one ever will know it. I mean, other than that, that's. Another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pans herself, the pretty bird, the most professional podcaster, the pop punk princess, and most importantly, you know me as the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales. Here again with another episode back to back. Weeks of the hashtag Miranda Show. Welcome back to this lovely show that I host along with my producer, my co-host, my friend. He is the kingpin of the cheershot.com the unstoppable one, Greg Demarco.
2: I I am all those things.
3: Yep, I am, and more. Those are the nice things people say. About
2: <laughs> those are the nice things. Yeah, I'm the other things those too. Be-
3: those are the, the other things that people, you know, got the MJF army coming ready to come back at you.
2: Never know when that might, they might show up.
3: They, they're just hibernating. They'll just peek back up when, you know, when MJF tells them to I don't attack. know.
2: I mean, I made the tweet I made about, I didn't tag Tony Khan though, those. Maybe they didn't see it. I don't know. Who cares?
3: But they're always watching. That's what we've learned over the last few days, Greg. You don't have to tag anyone to know they're always watching. They're always watching. They're always always watching. Watching, yes. And that's why you have the hashtag Miranda Show to help you forget who's watching or listening because nobody does, Uh, and that's great because you can find this show and many others on the Chairshot Radio Network at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And, of course, this podcast is also available on all major
0: podcasts. TheChairShot.com. Oh. Always use your head.
3: I just got a little head on myself. That's okay.
2: No, no, you didn't. I did it on purpose. Jerk. Yeah, that's me.
3: Big jerk. Anyways, how am I going to pull up the show, Greg? I'm trying oh. to do my job. Oh. You called me a jerk. What do you expect? This is... My show, Greg. Look, look, look! No, 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 no. Let's let's rewind because for those of you who may not have listened this week, you may have been looking for the Babyface Heel podcast. You're on the website thinking, "Where in the blue hell did the Babyface Heel podcast go?"
2: No, no one's wondering.
3: Well, <laughs> for the sake of this argument, people are wondering. Okay. Because now they will wonder, because they're like, where did it go? It went where all of Greg's podcast show names go after several months. And, and that's RIP, buried, because we are now back to the Greg DeMarco show. So the Babyface Heal podcast, which was formerly some other podcast, was so Chair Shot Radio, which formerly was, oh, gosh, I can't even think back to all of the names.
2: There was well outside interference. I think was before you, and then that was before was, me. Um, there was the worked over one,
3: the worked over wrestling. Yes.
2: Then chair shot radio. Was there another one in between there?
3: Besides I don't think Greg
2: so. Demarco show, I, I don't think so either. I think you've gone yeah. I want to say
3: much- it was. I think it was even the Greg Demarco show. Then worked over radio. Then the Greg Demarco show. Then yeah, it's always been chair shot like, radio. It's never
2: gone from one non Greg Demarco show name to another non Greg. No,
3: no, no, no. There's a pattern. There's a history yes, there. Yes, yes there is. Yeah, there's an established history. So, yes, we have we've have gone through the phase of the Big Face heel podcast and we are now back to the Greg DeMarco yes. show. So, Greg now there's, does There's There's have- a well
2: There's a well-established pattern of behavior, much like another Greg, Greg Hamilton. There's a well-established pattern of behavior, just a different established pattern. Of you know,
3: behavior. that doesn't help anyone named Greg right now. Like
2: There's just <laughs> It's it's always been bad ever since I was born. So it's just I, I feel as though I'm in the better side of that. Um, I feel pretty comfortable and confident saying that, and and without being too ego driven, which Patrick brought up again, um, but mean, in a good way, in a, in a good way. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah, Mr. Hamilton is not any, doing the same thing. If things.
3: anything, this is just a, a pattern of what to what's expected. You know, I've I've been with you know podcasting with greg and patrick now for three years and so i've expected this now pretty frequently patrick has gone through it so many times like he just he doesn't even bat an eye anymore um so that's a real vet move by by pat but yes going back to the original point though you have your show this is my show so you do not buzzer me during my show do i buzzer you during your show
2: if you had the ability That's to do public that, probably that would.
3: but do I buzzer you during your show? Yes or no?
2: No, you do not buzzer me during okay. my show.
3: So let's let's not try and have that happen again. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> so you can find this podcast. In- I mean, come on,
2: guy! You knew. You knew, come on, just, just just at least tell me that you knew.
3: I didn't know because I trusted you. I trusted you and you broke that trust.
2: Thankfully, I have years of equity built up.
3: Yeah, yeah I can play a sound that's way. fair. Fair, fair enough. I didn't realize it had um, been
2: three years since since we've been podcasting, but that would make sense.
3: Yes, I'm fairly certain. Yes, no, yeah, yeah, it yeah. has been. No, 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 it has been. It has been. Yes, yes. yeah. Yeah, it,
2: it, it's an so. easy pattern to remember. It's September, SCW show. You came on, and then the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. You so,
3: I know. Okay. And so cute. Patrick remembers like how many episodes he's done of Bandwagon Nerds. I'm like, I don't know how many. Episodes That's because they done started
2: it. counting from the beginning.
3: Yeah, and which I just, we did not
2: do because it's never mattered to me. Like I've just never been like like when we started podcasting in 2010. We just dove in, and mm-hmm. so next thing you know, you're probably 50, 100 episodes in, and I have no idea. And no idea. so it just was never a thing. Um, it's obviously over four hundred at this point for he and I. For you, you're you're you know, well over a hundred. You're, you're probably three years would be one fifty if you never took a week off, or almost one sixty. So yeah, you're looking at, and you're like two and a half years on this show. You're definitely, you're probably, yeah, you're over 100. You're probably like 125, something like that.
3: Yeah.
2: 110. I don't
3: know. Something like that. But still, pretty, then there's pretty been, darn then, good.
2: Then then how do, you know, how do the, the shit shows work? How do those count? Like, we have the same lineages. Yeah, those as freaking, count, those should count multiples. As, as the WWE those, championship. Those are <laughs> Like, does it count both? Does it count none? Is it its <laughs> own count? Who knows? Those we counted, and we didn't even get that right. Like, we did the Ocho twice and, like, yes. skipped or seven or something like that. Yeah. So we, yes. that's why we didn't count them because we just can't.
3: Yeah, we just can't count. But that's all right. Um, but, anyways, just know that those podcasts you can find um, also on your favorite podcast streaming platform, including Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Subscribe so that way you get notifications every time a new episode drops. Leave a five star review rating and feel free to leave a review let me know what you think of this show or other uh reviews from you know the podcast on the chair shot radio network and while you're at it go ahead and follow us on social media me miranda morales you can find me at the hashtag miranda hashtag spelled out on instagram and facebook no twitter that's why I'm the Twitterless heroine. Greg, though, you can find him at Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The same goes for the Chairshot at Chairshot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Another thing that you can find online—well, that's information on IZW Impact Zone Wrestling. The road continues to fully legal Saturday, November twentieth at the Scottsdale Studios. And this week, in the past few weeks, we have featured different aspects of Fully Legal. This week, we are going to be highlighting the big championship match that will be happening, the only championship match, because we just have one championship, uh, between Champion versus Challenger, who also happen to be friends, who also happen to be tag partners, who also happen to be, you know, close brothers and friends. And now, on Saturday, November twentieth, they are going to be opponents. IZW World Heavyweight Champion Thugnificent defends his title against the number one contender EJ Sparks. This was set up at our last show at Grand Prix, and even before that, uh, you know, with with EJ uh, oh, uh, becoming the number one contender, and. You know, this had to be put on pause a little bit in order for them to compete together at Grand Prix. But also during that show, it was established that at Fully Legal, they would face each other finally. With kind of an interesting wrench in the plan aspect of the match, definitely something to keep your eye out on. A special guest referee has been announced, and that is Mr. Classic, someone who is known to have an issue with this whole thing that he is not included in this match as a contender, but instead a referee. So... Greg, can you just share your thoughts a little bit heading into fully legal, especially celebrating 21 years of IZW, how this match of, you know, fairly new up and comers within the IZW community, people who weren't around 21 years ago, but have really established and made a name in Arizona wrestling having them all involved in such an impactful match in some in a match that really has implications for all of IZW, you know, how, I mean, I don't, I, in some ways I really don't even know where to start in, in asking you about this match, but I'm just going to ask you, you know, really share your thoughts going into this match.
2: I mean, if you look at it, it, it is, it is, you know, we're celebrating the, the 21 years of IZW with people who were not there the first go around at all. Um, where we have people on the card who were there the first go around, but it makes sense to me that even when we were picking our champion, like it was all about the, the new, the young talent that we wanted to make sure they had that spotlight. And not every show has been headlined by the younger talent. We, we have had shows that haven't been headlined. We have a pretty good balance, in my opinion, of that, but it was important to me. To be able to give these guys that showcase um, when, when Thugnificent won the championship, his first title match, couldn't go on last from a logistical reasons because we had the blood match. Otherwise, it would have gone on last with Thugnificent and Watson. <clears throat> with Thugnificent and EJ Sparks, Like it makes perfect sense. Like They are partners. We don't have one person turning on the other. They're still friends. They're still partners. Um, unless things just get too heated in November – we all hope that stays that way. Uh, But EJ won a number one contender match to be the number one contender. Thugnificent would be the first person to tell you EJ deserves the opportunity to be the IZW World Heavyweight Champion. He hasn't been beaten since IZW came back. He is unbeaten in in his return. They didn't win Grand Prix, but it was Thugnificent who was pinned in the Grand Prix Finals, not EJ Sparks. So, they know each other well. They've been opponents. They've been partners. They've been friends. They, they've been everything. They've trained together. It, it's 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 all there, and they're going to put on one heck of a match. But you do have Mister Classic, which which from the storyline makes sense. Like he's attacked EJ Sparks multiple times because he's upset that EJ is getting this opportunity and he's not. Is it about EJ specifically, or is it about the opportunity? I don't know. It's probably about both, right? Only Mister Classic can really answer that question. But it's very appropriate. Like, he is someone who deserves that spotlight as well. And, and I, you know, I, I'll be transparent. Like, I, I don't think people name him first when, when they talk about the rising stars in the state of Arizona. And they should. And that's why it's important to me that he's a part of this as well. Um, and And so he wouldn't be there otherwise. And so it's all, you know three very particular people are there for a very particular reason. And it's important to all of us as, as the group that leads this organization, that it's those three, that those three get that opportunity. They get that spotlight, they get that match. And I'm very proud of the fact that we have those three in that match. I'm super excited for all three of them to have that opportunity. And and we we let the main event, the show that celebrates such a monumentous occasion for ICW would have been celebrating 20 years last year. Of course we couldn't do that because of COVID and, we're not just going to have people main event that show who aren't going to continue to be at the forefront for a long time to come. We just wouldn't do that. Granted, every match in IZW means something and bills us something. That's just something that's been very important to us since day one, since we brought this thing back. So to have those three guys do it, it, it it's awesome. It's something that I'm very excited about, and I know they're going to deliver. I know they're going to put on a great, rest, you know, match mm-hmm. from a wrestling standpoint. They're going to tell a phenomenal story, and it's going to be something that everybody loves. And, and you're going to enjoy what you see, and you're going to look forward to seeing what happens next.
3: I mean, this is an opportunity that EJ Sparks has been really waiting patiently for, and I do feel like I'm sure there's been this level of conflict of when exactly to pursue this opportunity uh, because of the fact that they were teammates and that was their focus at Grand Prix, and overall they have a great bond and relationship as you know wrestlers who have tagged you know all throughout Arizona and, and even outside, um, but also. I think it's human nature at any point when you decide this is my time and EJ Sparks and Mr. Classic are handling them in very different ways. EJ Sparks is, has, held on to, you know, a level of respect and admiration to Thugnificent, but also, you know, playing his, his cards wisely. Whereas Mr. Classic has been on the offensive the entire time. And has continued to let these types of opportunities slip out of his hands. Now, he, was he thrilled that he wasn't going to be in this match? No. Was he thrilled when he was even announced as the special guest referee? Absolutely not. But what I do know about Mr. Classic is that he looks at every opportunity on the offensive And so what does that mean for him as this? Will he be able to call this match as a referee? You know, also who, you know, even if he, if he had a preference for someone, it's very hard to tell who that would be. You know, it wouldn't make sense to say, you know, to help the retaining champion, as, as you've talked about a lot of conflict and attacks on EJ Sparks. However, if he feels like EJ Sparks would be the quote unquote easier competitor, he may actually favor EJ and use that to his advantage, you know, or or I don't even know how that goes, but it's it's such a you know, of course, the pun wild card factor in this match that it really makes it must see. Not only the dynamic of the challenger and champion, but the special guest referee. So make sure you have your tickets to IZW Fully Legal Saturday, November 20th at the Scottsdale Studio in Scottsdale, Arizona. Tickets are still available through Eventbrite and you can access links to the ticket uh, site through our website, izwwrestling.com as well as our social medias, IZW wrestling. I, you usually no no no. I, I tried to do it this time and I could. So go ahead. Where where are social medias?
2: Social and that's the only thing that, that was shaking my head. Everything else was was dead on. At IZW Wrestling AZ Arizona uh, at IZW, IZW Wrestling, Wrestling AZ. <laughs> uh, the social media addresses. It's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram links and everything Twitter and, and Instagram. It's in the bio as well as in the post. And then of course, Facebook it's in, it's on all the posts as well. Um, and the website link is, is in the bio too, but yep. Tickets are on sale. Front row VIP is all sold out. General admission. You can still get. So definitely jump on that when you can. If you have a favorite wrestler, look out because they all have their own promo codes and everything too. And you might be able to save some money. So if you haven't seen theirs, hit them up, hit them up on social media and ask them for it. Cause they, uh, that helps them as well. So, Definitely look to, to be a part of that and look to be a part of what's going to be a tremendous night, a, a big show, everything from, you know, I was literally talking with our food vendor and he's, he's bringing in some different items this time around. Like he's very, like, it's just, you know, everybody's starting to gear up. Like it's, we're a month away and that's, you know, when it starts to just slowly starts to ramp up and then it's just a crazy, crazy time for the last couple of yes, weeks. It is. So
3: Yes. So make sure you get your tickets. And now, I mean, we've sold out consecutive shows over the past year. It's very likely to happen again, even with a new venue with more space. That means more people can join the fun. And who doesn't want to celebrate a 21st birthday? ICW fully legal Saturday, November 20th at Scottsdale Studio in scottsdale arizona however we know that people are listening far and wide to this show and you may not be able to make it to scottsdale arizona so there is another way that you can support both izw and thechairshot.com what you say yes indeed but before i can tell you how greg go ahead and wind it up Mm -hmm. Yes, it is indeed time for you to visit ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own t shirt today. Yes, you can pick up your very own IZW and chair t shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. There you're going to find over 25 different t shirt designs, all available in different colors and, of course, different styles. That includes the Queen of Soft Style shirt available in soft style, as well as all of the other shirts you can get in soft style if you wanted to. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. So go ahead and order your T-shirts today. T-shirts start at $19.99, but again, for a few extra dollars, you can order any T-shirt. And yes, I mean any T-shirt in soft style. And of course, you support TheChairShot.com and Impact Zone Wrestling, IZW. That's also great for any of you who are going to be going to the show. If you are seen wearing an IZW T-shirt, you may win tickets to a future show. So it's an investment Totally worth the price. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. So last week on the Hashtag Miranda Show, we did a preview of Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. Well, it's happened. And yes, we are going to talk about it. And we're going to do a slightly different format because, you know, it's my show and it's as random as it gets. We are going to be doing hits and misses. So Greg and I are just going to be kind of random, which but I'm sure it will all make sense. In the end, we are going to give what we thought was a hit For Bound for Glory and a miss. And maybe we have more hits than misses. Maybe we have more misses than hits. Who knows? It's so out there. That's the surprise of it all. Oh.
1: What?
3: What? So, Greg, you know, uh, gentlemen first. Uh, That's, you know, the golden (laughs) rule.
2: I don't know whose role that is, but okay.
3: It's definitely not my role. But I do want to ask you first, because I know you have thoughts. You didn't even tell me what specific thoughts you had, but you said I have thoughts. Oh, I so have thoughts. I want to ask you first, hit or miss for anything within Bound for Glory?
2: I'm going to start with a miss, actually. Oh. I know, right? Maybe yeah, I should start why. with a miss. That's why. You
3: never know what to expect, everyone. We're right? starting off with a miss. Usually
2: you start with a, with a hit, but this time you start with a miss. Like, like, who knew? This
1: is such good shit.
2: A big old miss for me is Mickey James beating Diana Parrazzo for mm. the knockouts championship. Which, by the way, pretty much only one person picked Mickey James to win that match. And that was me. Because I knew it was going to happen. I just knew she was going to win and I hated that she was going to win, but it's, it's, it's that whole squeaky wheel thing. Like the way she's been talking, whatever, like I just knew she wouldn't be doing this if she wasn't going to win and I don't like it. Like, I just, I just don't like it now. I don't know Deanna Parato's contract situation. She just signed not too long ago. I thought um but maybe because because she wasn't signed when she won the title initially she hadn't been signed yet so maybe she finally maybe maybe her contract is coming up because i don't know what she did over the tapings but i know she's not being set up as uh she's not getting right back into the title challenger
3: correct no it was already
2: been madison rain and now mercedes martinez but so maybe she's leaving maybe her deal's coming up and that's part of part of what happened uh it's the hard thing about contracts sometimes Um, although her significant other's there now, who knows, right? But she's just on such a roll and, and, and it's just like, why? Like, again, whoever beats her was going to be given such a significant, you know, Mm -hmm. opportunity by beating her. And it goes to Mickey James of all people.
3: Right. Yeah, and I do agree about that. I don't hate that she lost the title because eventually that's supposed to happen, and I think that breaks some some monotony in you know the the women's division. However, I agree because that was also a whole other conversation we had last week uh, on the world uh, championship side as to when you are beat when when someone has the chance to beat someone who's been unbeatable, so dominant putting over someone either newer or someone that you're trying to establish or get to that next level is such a good utilization of that win. And Mickey James did not need the win. She didn't need the win. She's already established herself as, you know, a a legend in women's wrestling, a legend within, you know, impact wrestling. Absolutely. And so, you know, who benefited from Diana losing in this and Mickey winning. Nobody nobody benefited from Mickey's this. ego, and, but that's about it. Well, you know, that, that's definitely, you know, pro- probably a, a good aspect of this for, for her or something that led to this. And ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, you know that's what egos are all. Egos are all about. We spend a whole lot of time talking about that um, on, you know, this week's Greg Demarco show, specifically in, you know, wrestling and you know people who are well established. So I don't think it's that. I do. I do think though, you know, it's also somewhat in competition to what Mickey has been doing over the past few months with, you know, putting together, uh, you know, empower and trying to bring more women, you know, a wider variety of women to, you know, different stages. It seems to go against a lot of what she's building by taking that opportunity. And when instead it could have been utilized in a different way.
2: Yeah. And it's just like you talk about, you know, freshing up or whatever. You have Mercedes Martinez. She she won the, you know, the tournament on the knockouts knockdown. Her and Diana Perazzo would have been great. Like,
3: like I the, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted so there. bad.
2: And, and then and and then if Diana say, say Mickey puts over Mercedes Martinez and then we go to Diana Perazzo versus Mercedes Martinez, well, then then we've got Josh Alexander, Christian Cage and Kenny Omega all over again. Like it just mm-hmm. seems weird to me other than we needed to make mickey james happy and if there's one thing i don't love it's appeasing the squeaky wheel just to appease the squeaky wheel and i feel yeah. like that's what that's just what it feels maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm totally wrong maybe there's something up with we don't know about yet and it'll be revealed in the future i don't know but what it feels like right now is that and i don't like mm-hmm. that
3: Well, did you bring up, so there's an interesting point in this and you talked about this earlier and you've mentioned it before, and this is related to maybe men's wrestling and, and bigger tighter titles like the world, you know, championship. But you've mentioned a few times about how someone's legacy as a world champion doesn't always hit until they've won a championship three times. So as much as the second reign, I mean, really, the first reign of Diana was known as, you know, someone who came in and, and took over quickly. Um, the second reign was, you know, a lot more lengthier with a lot more competitors. But maybe it is going to be that third reign that really hits things, you know. Granted, I, again, the second reign is pretty, pretty solid there, but... Maybe with her, a multi-reign, you know, championship is truly going to cement her as a modern legend. And again, when you think about what ultimately, where were they going to go with this, breaking this up with maybe her losing the championship every so often isn't necessarily a bad thing storyline-wise. The who part of it, I completely understand. But the fact of losing the championship maybe doesn't irk me as much as as it may you.
2: Maybe, and it's funny that years ago, I was the one campaigning for Mickey James to beat Oscar when she got the random title shot on a takeover. So it, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, the three title run thing is, is pretty specific to being a world champion in WWE. And
3: yes, but you know, I think that principle could. It could. It definitely be.
2: could. And and I guess I would love to sit here and say Deanna Perazzo's run is not over. I don't know that because I don't know enough about the behind-the-scenes stuff, so I guess I'll leave it at I hope Deanna Parrazzo's run is not over because, to me, I felt like it was just getting started. She had the potential to be their version. This is going to sound crazy, but I don't care. She had the potential to be their version of Roman Reigns. Yeah. She really did. No,
3: you're you're right. And, again, too, I mean, she's a a, a champion also with AAA in their women's division, mm-hmm. and that, too, I don't think got pushed as as much as it could as uh, you know
2: that's because the door is closing
3: well the door is closing it's going to become forbidden again so yes yeah yeah. at least sometimes doors need to close sometimes (laughs) you just need to get a man out of your life that you don't need and and let's face it let's just get to it a hit for me this has maybe nothing to do exactly with the exact things happening from bound for glory, but some of it is, and that is, you know, the, the news that has been circulating has not been confirmed, but it makes sense with this timeline that the official partnership between AEW and impact wrestling is done. And that is a hit for me because of the fact that, and we've talked about it 10 times over that, that was not a successful partnership for impact wrestling, impact wrestling got the short end of the stick. Their world championship picture got uprooted. There was no talent exchange that really brought in anyone, not even necessarily a value, but just of equal effort. There was no equal effort in this. And it just was, you know, for impact that has been so resilient and really having to recover from a, a big gap that the world title picture left them in 2020 and early 2020, um, you know, that in theory and on paper and for a few weeks, I think two and a half weeks, three weeks, this partnership was fairly lucrative. But after that impact continuously got the short end of the stick.
2: Yeah. They never didn't get the short end of the stick. Like it was never good. Um, I'm just glad it's over. I, I really am just glad it's over. Like and that was just kind of, to me, it's a separate topic, and I think we can talk about it in the future. Maybe in six months, we could be like, "Yo, was anything accomplished by that?" And I can tell. Spoiler alert: the answer is going to be no. Yeah. um The only lingering aspect is the freaking Good Brothers, but it's but they're technically under contract to Impact Wrestling anyway. They're not even under an AEW yeah. contract. But besides that, like, yeah, dude, this thing was dumb. This thing was so stupid Uh, and accomplished nothing.
3: That's also just another, that's just more of a miss for me Mm -hmm. that, and we joked that hopefully we weren't going to see this on the show, but we did the good brothers retaining the impact tag champion championships. Like what are we, what are we doing here? I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. They're
2: there. I don't ever use this. I don't use this word often because I don't know. I think using this word meets the definition of the word itself. They are lame they really are they they they're just lame as can be and like i said i think when people say lame it just sounds lame to me like but they are, like i can't think of a better phrase to use yeah. for them like they really are just lame like i sometimes you're supposed to hate things right but i just can't stand them at all. Right?
3: Oh, I think at first when they were first out there and even when they first signed with impact, you could tell they just had a sense of humor about the wrestling business and about, you know, their journey to impact that was a little meta that was funny. And now with, you know, being the only people in impact who have benefited from this partnership this forbidden door scenario with AEW locking in with the elite to become the super elite to be really, you see them more on AEW television. Yeah, They've wrestled more matches
2: for AEW than they have for yeah. Impact wrestling.
3: It's just, it's just, yeah. And just now the humor has lost its touch. You see that for people who were originally going against the system and, and showing how the system has screwed them over, now they've become just part of a system that works for them. And that type of sense of humor or just the irony of the fact that, well, you know, you, you become what you said you didn't like. Oh, that's how, how ironic that is. Just my, anal- just my analysis of it all. Doesn't really mean anything, but also I'm not a fan of it. And I, I do not care for them on my television screens. I literally does not even register on my radar.
2: No, not at all. I, when we were reviewing it and their opponents hadn't been announced yet and I figured it was going to be a triple threat. Like I just couldn't see them leaving either of those teams off the card. Granted, they could have put them in the, in the stupid gauntlet or whatever, but I just, yeah, I, I just didn't care. I almost didn't want them to be on the card. Mm-hmm. I'd have been better off them not having a tag title yes. match at down for glory. I really Period.
3: would have done. Mm-hmm. All right, Greg hit or miss.
2: So I'm going to go with the big one. Even though there's so much we can talk about and maybe you'll get to, to a hit that, that I'm surprised you didn't use already, but I'm going with the big one. It is a hit for me, what they did in the main event. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about the totality of the main event. The okay? whole shebang, the whole shebang. I, obviously love Josh Alexander winning the impact world championship. Like he's the homegrown star, right? Mm -hmm. He should have beat Kenny Omega. We talked about that last week. Okay. He, he should have been the one to beat Kenny Omega, whatever. That's I've talked about it. I'm not going to talk about it again. It doesn't make any sense, but him winning and the moment and, and they had Jay Chung there and they had his kid, like their kid together. Like it all made perfect sense. It was all wonderful. I loved all of it. Then you had freaking Moose, who won the Call Your Shot gauntlet, Mm who even last week I was like, we can't forget about Moose. Not that I thought he was going to cash in or anything, but here was Moose, who was in the world title picture and suddenly out of it again. Moose winning the Call Your Shot gauntlet, using it at the end of the show to cash in, robbing Josh Alexander of his moment, and finally getting his own moment, which he never really had an opportunity to have. Um, Yes. And and completely robbed Josh Alexander of it as the guy who loves Josh Alexander, as the guy who has been pining for Josh Alexander and who has been calling that name out during his X Division title run as the one who should beat Kenny Omega, the one they should build around, all that stuff.
3: A minute or two, absolutely. Long-ass
2: time, (laughs) even before he was in Impact Wrestling. like We've interviewed him on the show years ago, Like always been a huge fan of Josh Alexander and what he can do in the ring. I absolutely loved the Moose Cashin. Now, I tweeted this, and I don't to have the tweet in front of me, but I'm going to give you pretty much the exact wording. It was this. Josh Alexander fucked Moose. No, Becca. Moose fucked Moose. Josh Alexander out of his title win at Bound for Glory, and I absolutely hated it. And then two lines down, which means it worked. Worked, yep. And that's the key, and that's the difference, okay? I was supposed to hate it. I'm not supposed to hate the fact that Mickey James won the knockouts championship. She yeah, was I'm the baby be. face. I'm yeah. supposed to be happy about it. I'm not. I'm supposed to hate what Moose did. This is where I hate the wrestling fans on the internet so much because they'd be like, oh, I hate so-and-so. And I'm like, great, that means they're working. No, no, you don't understand. I hate their character. I hate the way they're being pushed. Great, that that's what they...
3: That's, they're doing working. their job. No, no,
2: no, you don't understand, man. I, I hate the booking. I don't hate the character. And I'm like, it's, it's you know, maybe it was 2020 when that happened. I'm like, it's 2020 that they're doing it on purpose. I should hate this. They spent all this making me like Josh. And they didn't have to make me like Josh. I already did, right? But they put all this effort into building up Josh Alexander just to have the rug pulled out from under him. It worked. It works 100%. Now, they have the big what next? Obviously, a uh, big question of what next. You, you served up Josh Alexander. You served up Minoru Suzuki. So we've got that coming in the next few weeks to, to hold things at bay. But where do you go from here? If Moose is now this long champion and Josh Alexander goes the way of a rich swan, then it was wasted. So you got to do something with it, but I'm ready for that. I'm ready for them to do something with this and use yeah. it to continue to build John, It's like years ago when Bobby Roode didn't beat Kurt Angle at Battle for glory, like he should have, but then James storm beats Kurt Angle the very next impact. And then a couple of weeks later, Bobby Roode beats James storm and goes on to be like the longest reigning champion ever at the time. Um, it worked. It worked in mm-hmm. the end. So this has to work in the end for me not to change my tune. But for now, yeah. it's a hit.
3: Well, because you've already established Josh Alexander as someone who is an absolute babyface, as someone you know fans will get behind. And the fact that just when you think his journey has reached its pinnacle, you realize or, or he finds out or we find out, he has to go a little bit further. But if anybody can do that and prove himself and continue that fight, to the championship, it is Josh Alexander. And I think that's what fans are going to be able to have that faith in. And ultimately, when you look at, you know, building a really good internal homegrown championship feud, which they haven't had in almost a full year, the, the these are kind of the two best on their roster right now. You look at not only their personalities, but their size, their athleticism. You know, this is not going to me. This doesn't feel like it's going to the the way of Rich Juan because both of them truly feel like they should be world champions. And and you just take that story as far as you can. And I also think this is a testament to Moose playing the long game that because he was in and out of the championship picture, but he always had his sights set on that prize. And he was patient and he was methodical. And he's very much, if I were to think of a comparison of talent and personalities, he is the, you know, as far as the instinct, very much the Viper, the Randy Orton of impact wrestling, someone who's willing to wait, someone who's willing to stay, you know, maybe to keep things on the low to then pop up when the opportunity and the timing is right for whatever he wants and that's a genius move and that's genius storytelling by impact as well that you know on the opposite end of the you know um collier shock gauntlet last year where rhino won and we forgot about you know him winning for quite some time to when that popped up it's almost that opposite, but similar effect, you know, Moose wins, but you don't expect him to cash in at that moment while Josh Alexander is in the ring with his family, but he does. And that also helps explain why Josh Alexander, you know, maybe couldn't do the fight that you would think he could do in that moment. Not only did he just go through a match of a lifetime, but he also had his family there that he was just trying to think and protect, you know, for. So, I mean, a, a lot of it, made so much sense and it's exactly when you tell a story like that and it goes that way and people feel what you want that's beauty because there's it's not always doesn't always work that well and that worked very well
2: yeah i I, absolutely like i think moose is is a great it's a situation where you've got two people deserving of the title at once and so it's 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 not Austin Rock, right? but it's the same like you've got two people deserving of the championship, yeah. Yeah. but you don't have two brands like like other companies do. Mm-hmm. so you've gotta use it, you've gotta you gotta push with it, you gotta use it and make sure that that you make the most of it. so
0: yes
3: um, so 100%. my last hit is a combined one just for time's sake, but also very similar. We talk about new champions. We also crowned a new X Division champion in Trey Miguel and new Knockouts Tag Team champions in the Inspiration. And two very different scenarios as far as these reigns and these times. You have Trey Miguel, who's been with the company for years. He has always been the bridesmaid, never the bride, has competed for the X Division championship more times than a lot of people can count and has finally won it and what a, a story for him what a, a match and also just you know that feeling i'm sure a validation of you know really taking on something as a as a singles competitor now for quite some time since um you know the rest of the rascals slash msk left now holding on to that championship and now really getting that validation of you know his, his presence in the company. On the other hand, you have the inspiration who made their debut this you know past Saturday at bound for glory, but a team that, you know, a rarity in women's wrestling, a true women's tag team, something that, you know, years ago, we wouldn't have been able to see as a viable option for women. Um, but yet they really helped Establish that within the WWE, they were let go from WWE at the same time and something that they ensured and, and pushed forward was wanting to stay a team and making the decision that ultimately made sense for them, made sense for their career, but made sense for their goals in signing with Impact Wrestling and becoming the new Knockouts Tag Team Champions. And now, you know, pulling off a historic first, being the first ever WWE and Impact Women's Tag Team Champions. And that's something that, you know, no one can take away from them. What this means in the future and what that means for the Knockouts Tag Team Division, well, it's not a a, a lot. There's not a lot of depth in there. Let's be honest. It's a lean roster. But, you know, as far as what they can do as a team and continue that, but also, you know, their personalities and characters just feel very like such a good fit and impact that, you know, it's a great option for them. It's a great decision. And I think that they can do something with those titles that can really make them feel special for the first time since I think they were reintroduced.
2: You know, it's interesting The the opposite, the polar opposites, these two title wins are like Trey Miguel took forever and it's this big moment and it's taken forever and, and all that. And it's it's the X division is why he's even a professional wrestler. The inspiration went on their first match and both yeah. seem to make sense. Like we said last week during the predictions, this was the rare occasion that someone should come in and win a title in their first mm-hmm. match. It'd be like if Daniel Bryan, Anderson, had signed with Impact Wrestling, he should show up and become world champion in his first match. Like it just would have made sense. Like he's so far and above anything that they had going on there. But it's it's for them. Like they are truly one of what three women's tag teams in the world. Like true women's tag yep. teams in the world, and it, it's the inspiration. It's the it, it's it's Gigi and JC Jane from Toxic Attraction who just won the NXT women's tag team titles um, and maybe Tay Conti and Anna Jay in AW maybe that's it like there's no other true women's tag teams that are, that are truly just that anywhere in the world like it's just mm-hmm. that's where how far we still have to go with women's tag team wrestling will we get there I think so I think it'll take a long time but I think we can get there. Um, but they, then that's why they deserve to go out there and win right away in their first match. They don't, there's not a lot there in terms of women's tag teams in impact wrestling, but there's plenty of women's talent that they can use. And so you have time and I think you give them the time to be champions and you take the time to build up challengers. I hate that everyone complains about makeshift teams in women's wrestling because unless people come in together as a team, everyone thinks they're a makeshift team. Yeah, and And that's
3: and that's very rare. I mean, we start to see some of that even on the independent scene. But you're right; that is an element of women's wrestling that has really yet come to fruition. Um, Yeah, I I think it's unfair to
2: be honest. I think it's an unfair thing to put on women's wrestling to complain about the makeshift teams like they're just not teams coming up yet it's hard enough for a women woman to break into the business
3: well that's, let it's let already hard for companies to get I mean we've seen that it's a challenge for companies to have you know multiple women's storylines so to give them two, you know two championships, you know, say a, a women's singles championship and a tag championships, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of companies. The only other company out there that that's doing that right now, I believe, is the N.W.A. Um, with uh, the women's tag titles. And that's still just very new that they have established um, recently. So, again, I mean, it's ahead of its time and that's an element. Uh, You know, within professional wrestling that has a lot that it could could realize. And you're right. You know, it is something that the inspiration for Impact Wrestling to specifically go there because it gives them the opportunity to do that together is fairly revolutionary and can open a lot of doors for women who want to compete as a tag team Um, and, and hopefully more companies do that but it's also going to continue to be a rarity that a team a women's team is actively pursued and you know uh and heavily courted by any company they are truly the first yeah. um, that I can think of um and I think that in and of itself too is pretty historic
2: and for all the haters out there remember it's only because WWE put them together now, now they, I mean, they literally went to high school together, so it's not like yeah, this is the but that the only reason they're so coveted is because WWE put them together, formed the iconics, and and here we are. It's crazy because at the beginning of the year you had Eva and Diamante, that's mm-hmm. done. You had Fire and Flava, that's done. Like like it was there, but they all got broken up for different reasons because they went to different companies. Like Eva gone, Diamante signs. Kier Hogan's now in AEW, so yeah, it's it's, it's,
3: it's a rotation, yeah. you know, and 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 it, yeah, it just goes back to an ever evolving wrestling scene. It's also and
2: it's also the individual person's goals.
1: I don't yeah, know how and, many and women and that's have that goal.
3: Yeah, and that's something. So last week, Impact Wrestling did their press pass um, in which the Iconics were, um, you know, featured. And that is something that they both specifically said were goals, that they wanted to continue to be a team. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the biggest differences, I'm sure, for them than for other teams, that when you do have inspirations, pun intended, I guess, yeah, very good aspirations too. Uh, you know, be a competitor. What does that mean? Whether you want that to be a singles competitor or or a tag team, and they did state during that press pass conference that their intention was to be a team. Not even before they they left WWE, they wanted to mm-hmm. you know continue to be a team. Now, was that you know
2: because you know Cassie Lee, as she goes by now, did say she wanted to break out and be a singles wrestler when she was in WWE, and that's why they broke up. She asked yeah. for it. Now, I think yes. she regrets that, and and I think yeah, and, she's changed Yeah, and, you
3: know, again, and, and maybe that was a struggle. Maybe it was a little bit of both. Maybe they still had those individual goals and wanted to explore that, but also wanted that ability to maintain, be a team as well whenever that did happen, a la the new day where yep. they're always going to be the new day. They always are going to be a team. However, they have some of that ability to venture out and, you know, do their own individual things. I think that's the new day is going to continue to be a rarity team that mm-hmm. will be allowed to do that. Whereas other teams, it's very clear cut, cut and dry.
2: And I do think at some point, one or both of them will be the knockout champion. And, yeah. then, but I still, they'll still be the inspiration.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the beauty of it, though, is the fact that they still can be a team and, you know, support each other and be there for each other as, you know, uh, as a champion. And even if you go to the route of Layla and Michelle McCool, where mm-hmm. they are co-champions, you know, they have too, women's tag champs of,
2: back then. So yeah, yeah.
3: You know, so, I mean, that's kind of there's there's it's an evolution in kind of the right way in a direction when in women's wrestling that. Um, Doesn't get a whole lot of attention, but I think that this could be a way that they really can bring more awareness to it. And, you know, even just bring more people, more women to the realization that they can be a tag team.
2: Yeah. And I hope it does. I, I really hope that. And if women's tag team wrestling becomes a truly a thing, like a real thing, not a manufactured thing in the future, they're the trailblazers. Yes. Now, as much as Sasha and Bailey will probably want to think they're the Trailblazers, it's it's the inspiration, the icon. No, because I think be
3: when you think of a tag team, and even just general historic tag teams, you think of their chemistry, and some of the best tag teams in the existence of pro wrestling, it was because you could tell they had such amazing chemistry together, mm-hmm. and not and not just as opponents. You can always talk about tag teams that were formed once mm-hmm. they were first opponents. And then became a tag team, which is more of the realm of Sasha and Bailey. But organic tag teams that were a pair that you know were a true tag team, you know, you could could list them off over the decades. But the inspiration are truly some of the first, if really mm-hmm. the first in modern wrestling history, in women's wrestling that are a true pure tag team.
2: Yeah, and and I hope I do hope they get more opponents in the future because look, you go back to the eighties. And you can count on one hand, the number of opponents that the glamor girls and jumping bomb angels had that weren't each other. Like they Mm -hmm. literally were women's wrestling in WWF for years and they would disappear and come back and wrestle each other. And that was it. Like now we have an era where women's wrestling is much more prevalent. Like I do think this should be the next step, the next evolution in that we'll see. We'll see if it is. I mean, we can barely get matches longer than two minutes in the Queens Crown tournament. So who knows? But Impact Wrestling has an opportunity, and hopefully they can make the most of it.
3: Yes. Well, those are our hits and misses from Impact Wrestling: Bound for Glory. We're going to take a quick commercial break and come back with our three-ish minute warning. Hey,
0: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShop.com.
1: All right, gentlemen, you
0: have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, that we're out. Of-
3: so, this is the hashtag Miranda show. So, I'm going to be honest, it's three ish minutes, which means it probably will be more than three minutes. It's never even well, three
2: on my show. So, it's yeah,
3: it's never three. Uh, but you know, Greg alluded to this topic earlier tonight in women's tag team wrestling. NXT has new. Uh, women's Tag Team Champions uh, with uh, Toxic Attraction, uh, J.C. Jane and G.G. Dolan. And of course, a lot more happenings um, throughout NXT Halloween Havoc tonight. Greg, I know you're definitely wanting to talk about, I don't know, one big thing that happened from it. But you could surprise me and talk about what I don't think you're going to talk about. But I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about what I think you're going to talk about.
2: I'm going to talk about all of them, probably. but
3: All the things? You're going to talk about all the things. I don't, not know. Just I
2: don't know. So, I, I mean, I know what you're talking about. And I'll be honest with you. We'll start there. I didn't think Mandy Rose was going to win. No. I didn't. Uh, you, you know not. this. like, like I don't think we talked about it on air, but you know this. Because Raquel Gonzalez is still like 24 years old. Okay. And she fits the mold of what this new NXT is supposed to be. I'm starting to question this new nxt and what it's supposed to be though and i'll talk about that here in a minute because yeah mandy rose who's 31 years old and they have the whole you know under 30 edict beats raquel gonzalez who's well under 30 to become the new nxt women's champion thanks to the return of dakota kai who we all thought was headed for the main roster who by the way is like 33 34 35 years old so i thought the internet number, told me yeah nothing but a number right now was nothing it's but confusing. a was, was, was I don't know. I thought that's what the internet told me, but here we are. And I'm just a little bit confused by, by what's going on and and who. Well, maybe
3: like Mandy Rose is like, you know, in her thirties, but this new Mandy Rose is definitely a product of NXT 2.0, which means she's way younger than old Mandy Rose. So that could be why.
2: (laughs) That's I'm really confused now. I'm really, really, really confused now. Um, Exactly. Yeah, and and that's that. That's uh, so so I was surprised by that one actually. I didn't think that one was going to happen. I did think Gigi Dolan and JC Jane were going to win the women's tag team titles. Mm -hmm. JC Jane's dive last week on NXT, notwithstanding, because oh my god, like scary, horrible. That's just yeah, that's yeah, I was like, wow, that's okay.
3: And then to go into a ladder match this week, definitely.
2: Yeah, like we should be removed from the match. Like, like that's you know that that that's a rarity in in wrestling, mm-hmm. and and it was there. So, um, but it, it's it's just very interesting in the sense that um, I expected that I didn't expect Mandy Rose to to win the to beat Raquel Gonzalez, but it was the whole Raquel Gonzalez Dakota Kai thing seemed rushed. So now we get that properly, and and sometimes you know that's the value of of. Laying low and waiting before you do something. And I think now maybe Dakota Kai was headed to the main roster. Things changed. Who knows? Maybe we'll know. Maybe we don't know. I don't know. We all expected her to get drafted. She didn't. So, yeah, who who knows there? Um, honestly, the biggest one was Imperium beating MSK. Right? Like, that was what? a surprise. Like, like, we've been literally building up MSK. They want to have a legendary reign, blah, blah, and then poof, they lose to Imperium. Who've been NXT Tag Champs before. So where's the newness in that? I just... Now, maybe Walter's really coming over and and that's been worked out. I don't know. It's just... That one really, really, really surprises me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that one at all. Because MSK is literally the living, breathing definition of this new NXT. Like, they're mm-hmm. one of the few acts that fit in both. And yes. And so why have them lose now maybe there's a story but i don't know i i got to wait and see but that one's just weird to me that's weirder than Mandy Rose beating Raquel Gonzalez like
3: yeah because i do feel like with toxic attraction they have set them up to be this new power trio so having them have all the gold makes sense and it does open the gate for Raquel and Dakota to continue that feud. It does then allow a new set of challengers to come through for Mandy uh, as well, because Raquel was already going through a lot of those challengers previously. So you set up this whole new chapter that can make sense and would also make another person beating Mandy a lot more viable with, you know, a lot more of the younger talent that you have in your women's division that that the the women's division in XA looks dramatically different now with ranging levels of experience and success, uh, or mainly, mainly just experience. So having, you know, uh, Somebody else beat Mandy Rose further down the line to become, you know, women's champion is going to make a a lot more sense than say, you know, building somebody up to get to the levels of, you know, Raquel. Um, And yeah, you're right as far as what that means for Dakota. All that we we don't know. Whereas MSK Imperium is a story they've been telling already, and it kind of ended already,
2: and then got and then came back. Yes,
3: and again, what is the purpose of Imperium winning?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Will is you, it uh, is it an Imperium thing? Is it an MSK thing? I don't know.
1: Yeah.
2: It's just, the if you told me all but one championship was going to change hands on this edition of NXT, I would have told you it's the tag titles that aren't changing hands. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have told you. Not the NXT championship, which I'm fine with even though I th- I just assume, I think we all assumed that Braun Breaker was going to win, like just the way they've been pushing. Right. Them
3: I think that was the one we were all preparing ourselves for is that yeah. Braun was going to win because this is NXT 2.0. And I, and I don't know if people would have been upset ab- about that. If he would have, no, won. I mean, it would have made sense.
2: People were, were clamoring for it on, on the Twitter, on wherever they were like, let's go Braun Breaker. Like there were some people who know, but by and large, and, and, can we just, and I, I haven't seen the broadcast yet, so I don't have to talk about it. He, he now finishes people with the Steiner recliner. He busted I mean, out a freaking Frankensteiner looks exa- in the match.
3: Yeah, I mean, he looks I exactly like Rick Halloween. Steiner. Can we just acknowledge, like, can let's we just acknowledge him? Like,
2: let, let's, just, let's just let him be a Steiner. Even if you don't change his name now. It's established now. The name's Braun Breaker. It's, it's fine. Whatever. Uh, like... Let's let's let him be a Steiner, like please. Yes.
3: Well, you know, also just you know, though it, I haven't seen it other than the pictures. A, another uh, familiar line debuted tonight in in Solo, uh, yep. formerly you know, out known in the independent scene, Saffa uh, you know, and already the the comparisons are starting so having these you know both t- you know second generation in solo's case what third generation yeah. uh, stars in there again the comparisons are gonna start to happen but I think in the element uh, of braun it's more also uh, you know the the more it's subtle the more maybe it's a little bit more natural the m- it's starting, but it's in, it's in layers, it's in steps. And I think that's okay because it's exactly what happened with Charlotte where it was almost too easy to do everything up front. It was a sequence, layers and elements that you started to then have more unfold a little bit more naturally to the point where, yeah, she was able to assume that family identity, but also make it her own. And I think that's exactly the path he's on. So I think keep on teasing it Keep on, but I, make it natural. Eventually, we're going to get there, but we don't need to get there today.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree on that. I think Broadbreaker's a star. Like, he ain't going nowhere. Like, he's yeah. the future of the business. He's going to main event at WrestleMania. Like, that's, you know. Bold prediction? We're talking 10 years from now, but he's going yeah. to main event at WrestleMania. He, he's, it's, it's going to happen. Like, he's... Everything they saw in Roman Reigns, they see in Braun. I was Breaker. gonna
3: say he's probably gonna main event WrestleMania sooner than Johnny Gargano.
2: I don't know about that. Um, I don't know about that. We'll bet. see. I'm sticking to my bold prediction, man. 40 will be here, and, and we'll see what happens. But I'm sticking. I'm sticking with it. But I just, yeah, it, it, it's that. You know, that one I'm okay with. Even though I wouldn't have picked it if we made picks, I would have. I would have gone with Braun Breaker to win. To win there, but definitely, you know, it's weird because it's just, is it NXT 2.0 or is it not? Look, if the walls were still black and the ropes were still yellow, I think it would still be NXT. I really do. And if you didn't rebrand the whole thing, like MSK and Imperium were there, Ciampa was there, I mean, Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction debuted before the changeover. Like yeah, you, I mean, you you, just, you Carmelo have little, Hayes was a thing
1: before the yeah, changeover. Things.
2: I just feel like you didn't have to go all orange and purple and white to to do this. And I just don't really feel, I, I just think it's just, a, they just kind of accelerated some of the new talent being in NXT. I don't think you had to change and make it look like the set of a Nickelodeon show to do that. I think you would have been fine keeping it black and gold and black and yellow. Like, I don't think you had to make all those changes and I don't think people would have crapped on it as much as they did. And now people are not really crapping on it as much because they realize we still like it. Right. Joe Gacy Mm -hmm. still could have happened, which is one of the, like, like a year from now might be one of the best characters in all of NXT. Like just wait and see, like it's just phenomenal. And it all still could have happened without this big, major, essentially, color change.
3: Yeah. A whole redesign, a whole shift. I mean, it was almost like, you know, a a little bit of a cleanse when you think about how maybe some of that started with the releases. And then you, you know, redid that with the change of logo and design and stage. You know, there was a lot of changes that happened in a short amount of time. And yeah right and I feel like it, it all happened just... while
2: Triple H was away. Like it yes. really It's like Triple H left up, and like
3: change everything he, he's not he here back.
2: quick. Do it before he comes back. Like remember there used to be an old show that we that, that the wife and I loved watching. Um it was called While You Were Out, right? People would leave yes. and and you'd redo like everything and then they came back and and they would, you know, it would get revealed and, and everybody would be all happy whatever. I kind of feel like this is a big episode of While You Were Out for Triple H. Like he's going to yes. come back and, and he's going to like pull his, his his hands off his eyes. But instead of being really excited about what they did, he's going to be like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, Oh shit. Where's, 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 where's Nita Strauss? Like where's Poppy? Like what's going on? You guys just ruined everything. I don't understand. Why is it so bright in here? I like everything dark. I'm triple H.
3: That's the first thing he's going to cover his eyes. Like, Oh man, it's so bright in here. Like, what the hell happens?
2: What's going on? Why is, why is Kyle O'Reilly a, l- a lumberjack? I don't understand what's <laughs> going on. Like, it's it's really yeah I just don't think they had to go so far but they did and and it's really still to me it's it's kind of still the same NXT
3: Well and that's also the thing like you felt like you could kind of see the direction they were going in with all the changes but then the NXT tag team title change still feels like something they would have done in, quote, unquote, the old NXT. Yeah,
1: they did. So, can't, in the old NXT. so
3: exactly what even you were saying as far as the age edict, you know, signing, you know, kind of all of this newer talent um, and, and talent not from the independent, you know, like there's there was enough of a pattern of behavior for you to be able to figure out, OK, I see what they're doing here. It makes sense. Some people might have not liked it, but they understood why it was happening. But that particular result made you just confused because you don't know what's happening with that NXT tag title picture now.
2: Okay, very interesting. Uh, And again, we're we're using this whole age edict against WWE right now, right? Mandy Rose, 31. Marcel Bartel, 31. Fabian Eichner, you want to guess?
3: 31.
2: 31. Tommaso Ciampa, of course, 36. Like... Roderick Strong, he's 40. Like it's, 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 uh, again, and again, WWE didn't tell us this. Uh, some of jokes that kind of confirmed it a little bit, but the internet told us this, like.
3: Oh yeah, the internet, you have to believe everything the internet says. And I think though what it means though, too, is that, uh, You know, you having some pillars, having some remaining talent there, makes it so that the whole thing doesn't quite keep in words. Not so new that you lose a key part of your audience, or that people can't have some continuity. I think that that is important. Um, I think that when you look at the evidence of what they're trying to do, yeah, a lot of signs point to what you're saying and what has been alluded to already about you know massive changes and a, a big cleaning house. But again, we we really don't know. And maybe the bigger picture will come to us more specifically in this tag title department soon. You know, maybe they are going to be more transitional champions to another team that then will lead a MSK to I, I, I don't know which other team, you know, they could beat her face but right. maybe that's it maybe maybe you know uh imperium is truly really out maybe msk's time in nxt isn't really gonna be that long i don't know who knows you know you can always yeah. come up with ideas and thoughts but you just don't know until it happens but just a very curious way um to you know or a, a very curious event uh, in at Halloween Havoc with a pattern of wins and changes that would make sense or had make sense and ones that you know you thought were going to happen that didn't so one thing I can, will give NXT still is that the element of surprise it is still something that you can't always go in predicting nope. Um and that you know is a good thing
2: I, I I have no problems with any of it in the end like I'm surprised. I'm intrigued. I'm um, wor- I'm only worried in the case of MSK. Everything else I'm not worried mm. about um, just because I just don't know what else you do. But we got to give them the chance and, and see what it is. Um, I mean, I'm like, God, are they going to get released? Like, I just don't know because I can't see him moving up. I can't. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't see them getting released. Like, I'm assuming there's more for them there and and we'll get to see it. Um, who knows, maybe this leads to a heel turn. Cause remember they were playing up the whole, they're not being respected by the fans in, mm-hmm. you know, the NXT zone. So it's, it's, maybe this is going to lead to them turning heel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see. Like I didn't expect Carmelo Hayes to turn heel when he did. So I think that there's a lot more story to tell and, and I hope they continue to tell it because those guys are some of the best on the roster. Mm-hmm. I could also see them split up. Because I think that Wes Lee is a future cruiserweight champion for sure. Mm. And I think it's too soon to do it, though. I really, uh, I don't want to think about it. I take it it all back. It's it's fine.
3: Yes. Well, and that's why I said this was a three-ish minute warning. Uh, Obviously, longer than three minutes. But a lot to talk about with NXT Halloween Havoc. But that's it for this week's episode of the hashtag Miranda show. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget that the hashtag Miranda show is a proud part of the chair radio network, which you can find on the
0: Thechairshot.com. the the always use your head.
3: Don't forget to follow me Miranda Morales at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook, no Twitter. But you can follow Greg Demarco at Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and the Chairshot at Chairshot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you are in the Arizona area, make sure you purchase your tickets for IZW Impact Zone Wrestling, fully legal Saturday, November twentieth. Tickets are now available, uh, Greg. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find that?
2: You can go online to the website at IZWWrestling.com or social media at IZWWrestlingAZ. AZ AZ is for Arizona. IZWWrestling.com at IZWWrestlingAZ.
3: And if you want to support the Chairshot.com and IZW, and maybe you can't come to Phoenix or Arizona, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the Chairshot to pick up your very own Chairshot and IZW t-shirt today. Again, thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you stay tuned so you can listen into another edition of the hashtag Miranda Show for Greg Demarco. I'm Miranda Morales. Have a great day and. Don't forget to always keep it soft style. Viva la raza!